Hello, friends. How are you? How you doing? It's today is August, uh, Saturday, September 7th. No, Saturday, August 7th. Uh, how you doing? How you been? You, uh, you, everybody, everybody's just out. It's your Saturday. You don't have to work today. Having just, having that just a blast. Actually, all of you, I think, listen to this when your workday starts. So, you know, if it's, if it's Monday for you, happy Monday. And I hope you don't, hope you have a great day at work. Anyways, today's guest. Oh, man. Am I excited for this one? We, I've been trying to, we've been trying to really get this figured out for a while now, and uh, we figured it out. We got, we got her in studio, Rainy Bonnie, Bonnie, Rainy Bonnie, artist, local artist in Pocatello, Idaho. Man, I knew I was aware of who she was, and I knew she, she did the, she did the mural. If you ever been to Pocatello, she has this mural out there where the Jamba Juice is. It's a pair of wings. She did that, right? That's badass, bro. That's cool as shit. So I, I, I've been trying to get her on, and I finally managed to to get her in here. And we had a great time talking about art. We had to, we talked about life. We talked about just the pursuit of being better, and just how mastery works, and just how it was a fun podcast. I love talking to her. It was it was a great time. And I hope you guys enjoy this one too. But before we get to the podcast, I have to let you know about our sponsors. Oh, hoo, hoo. today's sponsors. You know who it is? Station Square. Today's, today's episode is brought to you by Station Square Coworking Area. If you have a business you would like to grow, if you have a business you would like some from some uh, some office space for, come down to Station Square. They have office space for you to rent out. If you need to rent out, if you need to just a permanent place to stay, come on down, and I'm sure they have something to facilitate your needs. We're also brought to you by all the events at Station Square. Station Square today on Saturday they set up a car. It was a car show. It was really cool. They had a bunch of old cars here. You could really see that. I saw a badass Chevelle, man. That Chevelle was fucking sweet. Oh, and I just recently bought a 72 El Camino. So that world is just awesome to me. I love seeing those old cars, man. Just seeing how those guys took care of them and just how they rebuilt it. It's, it, it's, it's fascinating to me. I love seeing it. And they have, they have events every single weekend here. So if you have nothing to do on a Saturday, just come on down, and I'm sure there's something for you to do or something for, something new for you to see. We're also brought to you by Crafted, the brewing place, where they got beers, they got food, they got all types of goodies. Oh, for you to eat and to just, you know, eat up, eat up on. <laughs> to eat up on. Uh, Craft is ran by my good friend Alex Adeloa. That's his business. Uh, go come here and support him every single Thursday. Uh, of of the week there is a open mic night so if you come down here you get to watch some people perform some music comedy whatever people are here to perform at the open mic night you can also stop by and get a brew from uh from crafted so hope you guys have a good time all right so without further ado here's the episode lisa how are you actually one of the one of the (laughs) would you mind being on on the on the episode real quick so just to shout out some of the events that happen at the co-working place at at, uh absolutely oh no you're fine you guys are fine this is the intro All right. Well, now we're back. We, uh, some of the events, because I, I just told everybody here about the uh, there was a car show here today, and I told everybody about the Thursdays that they have the open mic nights. What else can people look forward to for the rest for the for this month of August? 
Um, so we have Concept Squared coming up. Um, Concept Squared is a uh, the fourth Tuesday of every month where we get together and someone from the community gives us information about either uh, something to do with business or something in the community that's happening. This month in August, we're talking about how uh, conservation and helping the River Foundation can help our Portneuf River and so we can do more activities, float the river more, do things like that, how to best take care of our rivers. Mm -hmm. um, and so that will be this month. We have um, uh, coaching classes, so uh, life coaching things. So vision board and self-talk are both this month also on Tuesday. Um, one is on the 10th and one is on the 17th. Just how to figure out how to create goals in your life and make those goals come to be and uh, move yourself forward. So we have lots of entrepreneurial things happening. Um, it's a great building to um, push yourself forward and to upgrade your life. Perfect. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lisa. Yes, you're welcome. All right. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest, Rainy Bunny. We're gonna get started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, some sometimes you start talking to somebody and then you're like, I just want to know more. You know, I'm like, I want to keep talking about it. What's what we do? Press record. Today's guest, the great and powerful Rainy, 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 Bonnie, 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 Rainy, Bonnie. What up, Rainy? What's going on, dude? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am. Uh, Pretty damn good. I'm feeling lighter than ever. Just got my hair done. That's why this podcast is a little delayed. Sorry <laughs> about that. But we, we're uh, we're managing to, to chug along. That's awesome. So, Rainy, I want to bring you on because you have a lot of your artwork actually around town. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you... I didn't, I didn't even, even know this, but you did the mural for that Jamba Juice. Yeah, Jamba Juice, the wings. That yeah. was just last year, last summer. I've seen a lot of Instagram posts with those wings I on know, them. I know. I love every time I drive past, I see people taking pictures, and it, it feels pretty good. It's like, aw. Say, how does that make you feel as it's, an artist? It's definitely exciting. And that's my first, like, actual mural. Like, I painted my bedroom when I was 15, which was really fun. But that's, like, my first actual paid mural where it's on a professional building and stuff. On a building, an actual building. Mm -hmm. It's how did, how did you come about? What would, what's your artistic process? Well, how that mural specifically came to be was actually crazy. This girl just DM'd me on Instagram. She just, we like always kind of just commented on each other's pictures kind of thing. And she was like, hey, my boss is looking for someone to paint a mural. You paint, right? And I was like, heck yeah. And <laughs> Fuck yeah, I paint. And so I went and talked to him and he was just stoked and we just did it. And he said he specifically did want wings because he wanted people to, to like be able to take pictures in front of it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of wing murals, like especially in Los Angeles, like the Wings Project. Mm -hmm. And so obviously it's... The Wings Project? Mm-hmm, that's what it's called. I can't remember her name, but it's this one artist that did it, most of the ones in L.A. Oh, isn't there... I've seen, uh, like, YouTube videos where there's lines of people will, just waiting to mm -hmm. take a picture in front of those wings. That's yeah. how famous that, like, those it's wings crazy. are. Yeah. So it's a little cliche, 
Um, but it was my first project, and it was super fun to do. And obviously, I customized it to fit Jamba Juice, so I used Jamba Juice's colors mm -hmm. and made it a little bit more like me rather than somebody else's art, and it was super fun. That's what I want to kind of dive into more is making it your own because mm -hmm. a lot. I think it's it's so hard to stand out and have your own style. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your style? It's it's a hard thing to describe. I'd say I'm still kind of getting a grasp on it, honestly. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that's hard to develop as an artist because you can draw so many things, but drawing it differently is what makes you like different. Yeah, anyway. giving your signature, mm -hmm. putting a signature on it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There is, like I've done a recent series where it's like a certain style of faces and that's been like standing out to certain people, like people mm -hmm. can recognize that's mine. But once I'm done with the series, I'm kind of like moved past it. I'm like, that's, I can't, I don't draw like that anymore. I would say, I've, I've say I know what you're talking about. The, I, I would say, I would categorize it as very emotional. Mm -hmm. It looks very emotional. Like you can, you can tell that those faces are feeling something. Yeah. And that, that's the best. Whenever I make a painting and it like feels like something, that's when I'm most satisfied rather than it like coming out exactly how I wanted it to. Those the blue cloud paintings, probably my most popular, like in meanings of like selling prints and things mm -hmm. like that. And that painting was completely an accident. I was in the middle of painting another painting and the layer needed to dry. So I just sat on the ground and started painting something else and I wasn't thinking much about it. And that's how that came to be. It seems like when I don't think about it is when my favorite paintings come out. Really? Mm -hmm. It's weird when things just strike. They say, they say art and strikes. That's kind of how it is. If you overthink it, it doesn't work. Do you get a nugget, oh yeah, some type of an artist block on you? Definitely. If I overthink something, it just can't. I have probably like 20 unfinished canvases in my ba in my basement, if not more. 20 unfinished canvases. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> it's hard. And I, I, you know, I pull out a new canvas and I can't help but look at all those unfinished ones. And I'm like, gosh, dang it, Ray. You need work. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. But it's hard. It's hard to... Doing a painting on one setting is definitely easier because going back to something's kind of hard but if you're using like oil paints those take days to dry each layer so you have to wait and you have to go back mm -hmm. and so that can make it really hard so it's like oh. do you ever paint uh emotionally definitely i say that series of kind of like sadder faces was definitely an emotional kind of painting series and i have some i don't think they're on my instagram at all um but there, it's another series that I did that I think I want to redo because I did it when I was like 16. But they all, they're all based on emotions. What do you, do you have a certain state of mind that you put yourself in when you start painting? It has to kind of come natural, I guess, but just being comfortable and you don't necessarily have to be, a lot of artists, you know, they're like, you have to suffer in order to be an artist. But I don't really think that's true. You can paint from a happy place too. I wouldn't want to be suffering <laughs> to, right? to do my craft. <laughs> that would suck. At, when you look at certain great artists, that's kind of what it seems like. Like even musical artists and painters. It's kind of sad. Honestly, if that, if that, if the, uh, I'm saying sad because when you said musical artists, I thought of all just the rappers that have died. Exactly. And you go, man, a lot of their songs are really sad. You think of, uh, you think of Juice World, you think of Lil Peep. I don't know if you listen to them. Yeah. So I've only recently started to listen to like Lil Peep and I was like, damn. No, it is sad. This is like really good music, mm -hmm. but you can tell the undertones like that dude is hurting. There's mm -hmm. some pain behind that. And it's kind of sad because it makes it almost not too surprising when they pass away from like 
misusing drugs. Yeah, it's mainly drug overdoses. Mm -hmm. oh, when Mac died. Oh, that was. I will <sighs> never forget that day, honestly. I was walking really? to school mm -hmm. and a girl ran up to me and said, Mac Miller died. And me and my sister cried on the way home and listened to Mac Miller the whole way home. What's your favorite Mac Miller song? <sighs> That's way too hard to pick. I, already, I know mine. I'd say lately, um, from his latest album, I've, I really like Good News, which is definitely one of the most popular ones. Is from it that the album. powerful or like the something, the uh, woman, something woman? Have you seen you heard of that one? It's like an Anderson Pack one. I don't think that's the, the one wonderful I'm woman about. or something like that. That's like the it's like a pink album cover. Oh, God is a woman. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's one I listen to. That one's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's, mine is. Have you listened to Red Dot Music with Action Bronson? And Mac Miller? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been the one. I, I will bust that shit all day, and then I'll go to the gym, and I will play that song the entire time I'm yeah, at the gym. I he, love that song. He has music for every single mood, I feel like. I'm hot like wasabi sauce. <laughs> Do you got to tell me? Those aren't just straight bars, dude. I love... Donald Trump is also awesome. Yeah, like I I've, I came into bomb. Mac when it, I was I was like 14. And YouTube was, I, I was barely figuring out YouTube. And then I started, I listened to like Donald Trump, The Spins, Knock oh Knock. Oh my gosh. Those were the, just quintessential Mac Miller songs. He really just kind of overtook feel, a generation. They feel, they feel timeless. Like I still listen to all those songs. Yeah. You can still like I really think enjoy The them. Spins will go, if we can send out music into outer space and then show the aliens kind of what Earth has it's to definitely offer. definitely the one that should go. I think The Spins should definitely mm -hmm. be on there. What do you think about aliens, Rainy? Oh, you have an idea about aliens? I know so we're talking about art, but they're I kind of want to so know about real, your aliens. They're so real. <laughs> I have no doubts that alien exists. There's way too many similar stories from people around the world. There's way too much stuff the government's already hid from us and like hinted at. It just feels obvious. Have you ever seen anything in the skies? I saw. I think I saw a UFO when I was a little kid. But like, you, know, <laughs> you think you saw one? <laughs> it's like hard because it's like, how do you actually know? Like, you know, it could have just been some weird, like super low to the ground airplane. Like, you never know. Yeah. So it's hard to say for sure, but I know my sister's seen some crazy stuff, and then you hear all the stuff like on the internet, and it's like. Mm. Most of my stories are from the internet. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, that's definitely true. Yeah. There's no way it's not true. I, I, and that sounds silly to say, but I really believe it. We went camping one time, and uh, we got pretty drunk, right? So we were pretty fucked up. And uh, we looked up at the sky, and we saw all these lights. They're just moving across mm -hmm. the sky. And when you're drunk, you don't think about mm -hmm. stuff. There's there's no knowledge in your brain. You're just, like, thinking about, like, all right, I got to pee, but there's, like, no <laughs> bushes around here. But you, we all looked up, and then we all just kind of froze, and there was these lights just walking across the sky. We were like, bro. <laughs> all right, is, is anybody sober enough to tell us that that isn't just happening right now? For real. So that is our shared experience of, of aliens. I think, I think we got another couple of years and then there's going to be like half of these people on earth are actually aliens low-key i kind of think they already walk among us i'm a little bit oh for sure men in black status that's what i'm thinking men I in really, black style i really believe it has to be because like can you just imagine one dude just all of a sudden somewhere someday one of your friends is gonna come up with like hey, i gotta tell you something dude i'm, like, I'm from venus i would feel so honored of them to trust me with that you know think about it Right? You're from Earth. You go to a different planet, and you're walking around those people, but they, they think you're just one of mm -hmm. the. You're one of them. You're from Mars or something, and you're walking around, and then out of nowhere, you're like, hey, there's like humans among all the Martians. What are we going to. What's, what's, what's the plan here? And then people just start coming out. Like when people were coming out as gay. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. 
Very damn, next bro. level, definitely a step up. <laughs> <laughs> Not just another sexuality, a whole other species. You're a whole different race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From a whole different planet, bro. Man. Be quite overwhelming. I think there's like people that say that Nikola Tesla was from Venus. What? And I don't know that that's real. You know, I've done a whole lot of research, but apparently there's some declassified CIA document that says that. He's from Venus. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense with how knowledgeable he was about crazy things. He was, uh, I've actually, I was watching a, a video about him today and he was uh, uh, numerology. Heard mm-hmm. about numerology? Yes. He was talking about three, six, and nine. Those Apparently are the magic three, six, numbers. Three, six, and nine are very magic numbers and those numbers can yes. make you, put you in a different dimension or something. I was... I, w- I was kind of falling asleep to it because like I was I was kind of taking a nap and I, I was like oh, I like having stuff to play when I'm trying right, to take right. a sleep, but I was like staying awake for it because I was like hmm, <laughs> this is kind of cool you know I want to kind of yeah, know about it's crazy. this crazy and um like when you manifest things that's how you're you're supposed to use there's like a something called the three six nine method because of Nikola Tesla. Um, three six nine myth. Mm-hmm. Can there's you explain? A couple, there's a couple different ways to do it. I'm not super knowledgeable about it, but the way that I've done it and see some other people do it because I like to write down my manifestations. Mm-hmm. Is you like write how you'd feel three times, write kind of the general idea of the manifestation six times, and then write kind of a more detailed version nine times. Whoa. And you just do that over and over until you kind of feel like it's really spoken to the universe. So speaking of manifestations, I had a guest on. His name was Johnny. Cool dude, really cool dude. But, uh, we were talking about like manifesting stuff, just kind of like willing things, mm-hmm. right? And how the way he explained it, man, I'm gonna butcher it, but the way he explained it was like, if you have a certain goal in mind, keep taking actions toward that goal mm-hmm. because your 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 body and your life is just gonna naturally go in the way that that thing that your your goal. You you're just gonna keep moving that way. Those vibrations you're putting out. He said vibrations a lot, and I was like. I know what you mean, but it sounds very like woo woo, you know? Yeah, no, it I sounds understand. like mumbo jumbo, but it's like so real. Like energy is a very real thing. You know, if someone. It is, comes, dude, it freaking is. It's crazy. You know, if someone, if your coworker's all grumpy and talking crap about being at work, all of a sudden you're not going to be very happy to be there either. You start hating your job yeah. also because you want to fit in with everybody else, even exactly. if you don't really feel that way. So I definitely think that speaking things into the universe is very real. And the way that I've seen some people talk about it is that you can't be saying, like, I want. You know, I want to get this new job. I want this project to come to me. You have to say, like, I will get this. And it's supposed to be just a really mm. powerful way of, like, you just, if you believe it, it'll happen. You've heard of negative visualization? Negative visualization? I think so. Where you, you, you plan the worst outcome. So then when the worst outcome doesn't happen, you're like, oh, shit. All right, well, I'm cool with this. This yeah. is way better than what could have happened. I think there's some, not really practices of that exact thing. I think it's some maybe Buddhist practice. I'm probably wrong about which religion it is or spirituality. But um, you kind of just don't expect anything that way. If So the good thing happens, it's cool, whatever. And if the bad thing happens, same thing. It's like, cool, whatever. Do you have any philosophies you abide by? I say I'd follow that one pretty strong. I try not to expect anything with things. You heard of stoicism? You know what stoicism is? Mm-mm. I feel like I've definitely heard it, but that's exactly or you See, whatever whatever you just what you, what you were yes. talking about. That's stoicism sounds exactly needed. like it. That's probably the word I've been looking for. It's being being in the center of everything. Mm-hmm. Just don't you don't have expectations, 
And if something bad happens, you're just kind of like, ah, well, you know, we're all with, we're all with these punches. It's mm-hmm. bad. And if something great happens, you're like, all right, that's awesome. Great. I'm, I'm happy this has happened, but let's move on to the next thing. Yep. You know, don't, don't let yourself be swayed by whatever outcome happens. But like, it's kind of counterintuitive because like you want to celebrate when you win. And you want to feel sad when you lose. I, I, I've I kind of brought... Instinct. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's human. It's human of mm-hmm. you to just kind of stop in that moment to know what's going on, right? And just kind of feel in that moment. And it's hard because it's hard. It's so hard removing yourself mm-hmm. from those situations. It really is. For me, it's... I mean, I'm, I'm 23 right now, but, mm-hmm. like, for me, I, I've more involved it in, in love and, like, just meeting other people and you just have to kind of remove yourself from all those people or all those experience the latest lesson i've learned is that like you don't you don't miss people mm-hmm. you miss feelings that people bring along with them yeah and like absolutely. you can you can have those feelings with other people you mm-hmm. just have to bring to your time exactly. into those people kind of it's weird it's, it's a strange like, I'm, le- I'm learning all these things right now no it's cool to be young and learning i love learning one of my favorite things it's i'd say knowledge is definitely very powerful and we live in a really great time to learn like having the internet at our fingertips is so crazy i see a creep break something's happening <laughs> i'm not sure what's happening ah it's freaking it, well let's hope uh let's hope this one works out now we'll see <laughs> <laughs> all right we were talking about the internet man i've learned so much shit from the internet but the, i feel like the internet has also taken away a lot of my 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 humanness my attention spans definitely kind of in the yeah trash. dude it's fuck terrible. yeah how it's often do you look at your phone and you're like i'm not looking at anything right now anything I'm there's just, so many times i'm on my phone and it's like there's no reason for this right now but it's like kind of addicting it's pretty strange like being able to be kind of aware of it mm-hmm. it's like and then seeing like i have younger siblings and it's really weird to see how they interact with the internet because you know we grew up right as it was starting yeah like when we were you know in middle school it wasn't quite there like we didn't have snapchat dude i had a flip phone exactly up until like eighth grade yeah same and then in high school i didn't even have a phone until like my junior year um i had like an ipod um and most people had what kind of ipod did you have the touchscreen one? I don't know. It was oh, definitely you, touchscreen. Okay, so you had a touchscreen. Just that basic iPod, though, and I did have, like, social media on there. Oh, my God. I forgot about iPods. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> what were those? And I had, like, an... They were so cool. They were just games and music. Yeah. That is all we had on there. No, you couldn't... I mean, iMessage was a thing. Holy... Um, oh, man. It's so strange, because now it's, like, my little sister, I think she's going to be going into fourth grade or maybe she is in fourth grade and she has a smartphone a straight up phone and my little brother is 13 and he's had a smartphone for years and it's so strange he like he teaches me things about the internet you know we're technically the same generation Mm -hmm. but i'm right on the cusp and he's right on full gen z mode tail end and he it's so it's crazy to see just even that how different we are because he like I don't know how to explain it. It's very strange to see how the younger generations experience the internet as well. I had a, so when I was, I can't remember how old I was, but there was this little kid. My mom used to babysit him. And now he's in high school. So Mm -hmm. he's about 12. He's like in, no, he's not 12. He's 13, 14. Yeah, 13, 14. Maybe I think he's a sophomore in high school. Oh, okay. And uh, I was just talking to him and I was like, dude, I remember you were like a baby. You were like, 
You were a child. <laughs> you were two feet tall, man. Like, I carried you around places. And then he was like, yeah, I'm making money off the internet. Like, I buy. And he would tell me this. It was this complex-ass scheme. <laughs> it wasn't a scheme, right? Like, it was completely legal. But I was like, how? What is that? What are you talking about? How are you? How does that work? My little brother is teaching himself how to code. He's and coding. He's that is a damn good trait to pick up. First, dude. yeah, an amazing. Co- that's such an important skill in this upcoming world, and the fact that he can just <coughs> do that for no cost, like he doesn't have to pay to learn that, and he just can do it for fun because he thinks it's cool. Like that's insane. There's no, it, the way it's looking is that there's going to be no need for uh, schools. College Google and University stuff. and YouTube University are so real. You can get Google certificates for IT positions now. Bro, I'm YouTube certified in some shit. I've I like insane. as a mechanic, I've YouTube so many things. Mm-hmm. Just looking up and then the shout out to those small time YouTubers where it's like this there's no way there's a video on this on YouTube. And there always is. And there it's always insane. is. Isn't that crazy? And my parents my parents aren't that old. They're millennials um like they're only my mom just barely turned 40 Mm -hmm. um so i have pretty young parents and even them they're so mind blown by the things that i show them with like the internet i'm like yeah you can just google that and they're like what (laughs) what (laughs) just blow their minds (laughs) and it's crazy because it's not even like it's just like a 20 year age gap so it's like how is that even possible it's so much faster. So, like, removed from... So, when the, when their parents were 40 to when mm-hmm. they were our age, there probably wasn't a gigantic stretch of, uh, you know, just technology changing, mm-hmm. right? But, like, with us, like, phones only became yeah. prevalent, what, 10 years ago? Maybe 2012? Literally. People had actual phones. And then five years before that, 15 years before that, they had fucking... You know, the iPods. Dial-up internet and stuff. You used to have to put fucking <laughs> wires inside to get on the internet, like, man. It makes no sense. I've only, I've, I, so I've only recently gotten to use the internet cable. I had no idea what those cables were for. And I'd always see them around. And then they're like, my <laughs> boss was like, he's a pretty old guy. And he, uh, he was like, yeah, it's. That's like what the internet used to be. You used to have to hook it up oh and then gosh. you can go up. I was like, what? But then he was like, he was like, hey, how do you open a new window on Google? So I was like, how do you know more than me, but you don't know how to open up a new window on Google, it's, man? It's, it's insane. I, man, a big I'm having part a technological of my job, just like. The way that the technology advances is definitely not linear. It's exponential. So it just keeps getting like bigger steps and bigger steps oh have you heard oh man i'm getting i love this love this shit have you heard uh when when artificial intelligence like actual true ai becomes it just kind of it actually we 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 finally attain it it will advance itself ten thousand years in the span of a day so it's going to be 10,000 years advanced because it's, gonna, it's just going to figure everything out. Imagine just all the knowledge of Google or the Internet, and it just knows everything. AI stresses me out. Does that freak you out? A- it kind of freaks me out, too, I don't man. Like AI. I think AI is either going to be the best thing for the world or the worst, and I kind of have a negative feeling about it. Do you? Just because it's like... Why? You've why, seen why all the robot movies? I have that, Terminator, iRobot, iRobot, iRobot. Like, oh my goodness, what a nightmare. I mean, if a robot apocalypse does happen, right, 
the main way to combat it is to come up with some type of virus. That's I a good think. point. I that's, mean, that's my guess. The, my biggest fear is, I guess, the military using AI as a weapon, which I feel like is very bound to happen. Um, I think it's already happening. Exactly, and that's so scary because AI, as we already know, is bound to be very intelligent. And if it's a weapon at the same time, it's like seems really dangerous. Have you heard uh, when... When, so when Obama was in office, he would, he was, he used the drones to strike people down. That is the fucking future, man. Yeah. It's it's just pure robots. There's nothing else. It's just robots doing all the fighting. And then one day those robots are going to be like, uh, we don't need to be doing this shit. Yeah. So let's not. Tesla freaks me out. Yeah. Like all the Tesla stuff is kind of like, cause like. In a couple of years, a lot of car manufacturers are moving away from using gas-powered they engines. They have to. It's where cars. the market's heading. They 100% yeah, have to. Everybody's going to you're going to just start having And Tesla is such a head start. It's crazy. They do have such a head start on everybody cuz that's all Have you ever been next to a Tesla? Mhm. They're so It's it's cool, but it's weird it when it weird. takes off, man. When it, when it just when when you just hear the tires spinning. Yeah, it's so quiet. I just bought, like I was telling you, I just bought a 72 El Camino, mm-hmm. right? And when I start it, I hear the, da, 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 and you hear everything cranking. And then when it's just idling there, you have that that manly sound. That's mm-hmm. the best way I can promote it. It was like, ba 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 You can feel the engine just kind of rolling underneath it. You're like, this thing can break at any moment. When I'm driving it on the highway, it's just very mechanical. Everything is, it's like. Can feel the gears. Yeah, you can feel everything, right? You can feel the shifting when it when it starts to shift. And, and, and you're like, I have control over this car. Mm-hmm. With an electrical car, it's kind of scary because someone can just hack into your car <laughs> and you can beat your fucks. And they're going to kill you. They're going to, what, just take your, your brakes off. They, they can do that. We ha- we can do that too now. Like, as, as mechanics, we ha- I've only recently learned about this so we can now diagnose a machine that's in the field from the shop oh my goodness yeah dude it's 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 starting to get mind-blowing out there with just the amount of technology that it's it, really starting to feel like we live in the future it's crazy i think we are in the future well obviously but it's like i remember when everyone was like wait it's 2015 and we don't have hoverboards but it's like, look at all this crazy stuff we have. Yeah, look at the other shit you <laughs> like, can do. What? Who gives a fuck about hoverboards, man? Dude, we have some crazy stuff going on. You can send a message from America to China in a matter of seconds. And it's no problem at all. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> you know, it's there. There's satellites everywhere. Mm-hmm. People, We've sent people to the moon. Jeff Bezos went to the fucking moon. Or not the moon, but he went to outer space. Yo, space tourism's like gonna become a thing. What? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, it's gonna become a, a thing. I would go to space though, honestly. I think space would be fun to just um, go watch. I don't would, love, you know. Obviously, it probably costs a lot of money. Uh, yeah, probably about five hundred thousand dollars or so, like for C class tickets. Who's got an extra five hundred k left? Just laying around. <laughs> 500k would change my life. I got a couple of Pokemon cards, you know, I'm willing to sell. I got a, Char- I got a Charizard that's pretty valuable. We've got a gold Charizard. <laughs> but with all of those things, right, everything, the world moving to where it's moving, I think uh, a good way that humanity is going to be able to just stay level would be with art. 
I think art's definitely super important. Um, one thing I kind of expected to see, and maybe it stills in the process, like obviously we went through a pandemic, and in the past, like pandemics and plagues, afterward there's like a renaissance. A renaissance of yeah. I listened to podcasts about the black the black plague. Mm-hmm. Shout out the last podcast on the left. That. So it's like it's just bound to happen because art's that important to humans. It's just a part of our nature. Like we like to express ourselves. We like to look at something and feel something. My what I had a guy. I saw a post uh, today. It said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna find it real quick." Because it, it was a really good post, and it it uh, I, I felt like it spoke to what this podcast was. Um, face windows. It says. So it's. I forget what his name is. You know the dude from Jumanji, like the main guy from Jumanji. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, it's a quote from him. So it says, "Medicine, law, business, engineering. These are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, romance, love." These are the things that we stay alive for. Oh, my goodness. Vincent Van Gogh actually has a quote similar to that. I'm not going to be able to s- say it word for word at all, but it's pretty much saying, like, I th- something along the lines of being an artist is just as much work as if you were to go be a doctor and blah, blah, blah. I, guess just I always have that, that net, that just thought where it's like, they can't come up with something new. Like, how can people come up with something mm-hmm. new? Yeah, I feel like it. Th- like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not artistically minded. I can't just sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to create a brand new character, piece of art, something that nobody has ever seen before. Because I'm, I'm just going to draw from what I know, and mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to end up painting what I know, right? But it's not. It's going to have hints of everything that I pull apart from. That's kind of where a lot of styles come from from artists like a good way to find your style and this is even what they teach you in art school is take your 10 favorite artists and take what you like about each of those artists and make it your own because at that point it's unique because it's one thing from 10 separate artists like that that's one thing they teach you in art school is to copy like you need you copy your favorite artists and there's actually a book called how to copy like an artist because that's actually really important in making mm. art is because that's how you figure out what you like and what you like to make. Um, and when you look at certain artists, if you were to ask them who are your favorite artists, you'd probably immediately see that in their art. You can already know what the follow-up question is to this. <laughs> uh, uh, who are your favorite? Who are some of your favorite artists? I mean, it's a classic, but obviously I am a sucker for Van Gogh. He has so much emotions in his paintings, and it's awesome. So, do you know a lot about Van Gogh? Yes. Uh, I Did love he so chop his ear off and send it to a lover? No. That's no? a myth. That's I'm a myth? I'm pretty sure it's a myth. I, I don't want to say for fact because, you know, I've only done so much research. But my understanding is it was like a little bit of his ear that was ever cut off. And I think that there was maybe a prostitute involved. But I don't know this for a fact. Nah. I, I'd have to look it up. I'd have to fact check myself again. Yeah, those dang but, prostitutes um, <laughs> always coming into play. But he... <laughs> <laughs> But another, this tattoo I actually have here is Salvador Dali. Dali, yeah. He's definitely, when I learned about Salvador Dali, that changed the way I saw art for sure. I was like, okay, it doesn't, because before that, I'd say I was always painting space. I was painting sunsets, you know, just things that exist in the real world. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe aliens, but that's still, you know, not super out there. And I saw his art and I was like, oh my goodness, like you can paint just what's in your head. 
And I know that's such an easy concept, but, like, <laughs> for some reason, just seeing his art, like, really brought that to my, like, being, like, I should just do that. Like, just paint what I want. It doesn't matter what I'm painting, I guess. And for people listening, uh, Salvador Dali, like, the most famous painting is the... Uh, uh, the Persistence of Time and Memory. It's a clock hanging yeah, over a tree. it's those clock. Yeah, isn't it a bunch melting. of clocks? There's about three or four yeah, clocks. Yeah, and it, it looks like they're melting. It mm-hmm. looks like flapjacks. Just... And he is definitely the face of the surrealist movement and all surrealist art i definitely have a soft for, spot for Sur- surrealism mm-hmm. so that's just kind of painting the unconscious mind is kind of the concept of it whoa mm-hmm. that's like, kind of a that's a it's a hell of a sentence right painting the unconscious <laughs> it's, mind it's great it's a great movement and a lot of artists during the time hated it like and just like with every art movement like when impressionism started everyone was like this is stupid and like post-impressionism, everyone was like, this is stupid. Cubism, like everyone was like, this is stupid. But then it becomes an art movement and it's like the most favorite form of art. But all the, it's just how anything is, I guess. The previous generation hates it. The only way I can equate that, because you just said these art styles and I, I, <laughs> I don't know these art styles. I wish I did, but I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not very well-versed in art, but I can equate that to music. Yeah, definitely. How uh, rockheads, they they're seeing the new the new generation of it's because before it used to be you played the drums you played the guitar mm-hmm. you played whatever was in that song but now it's everything's electronic so you can just mm-hmm. you know you play that music so before rock concerts they were the thing everybody everybody's there you got lighters out and they're like that's that's how you enjoy a concert yep. but the new generation it's you go watch a DJ they play a mash of your favorite songs. And you got your phones out playing whatever and it's like the new guys the old guys are seeing the new things like that's not the way to do it no exactly my my stepdad um he used to be a band when i was growing up he's been in a couple bands actually and he so he's really not about music and he showed me a lot of great music in my life but like when i show him new music like electronic music he's like this is so stupid he's definitely (laughs) i've shown him music every once in a while he's like yeah this is cool but it's never electronic music. It's always something. Oh no, dude! You can't show you can't show a new guy electronic music. You can't. It's and very no. and it's strange. Um, they just they just don't get it. But like it, people our age love it. Have you ever fallen into like a rabbit hole of old old school music and you're like, this is the greatest generation of music? Yeah, definitely. Ever. I mean, I definitely love old school music. Led Zeppelin's actually like probably one of my favorite bands. Oh, nice. I'm a sucker for some Zeppelin. I grew up with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Metallica, and Guns yes, N' Roses. Same. Those are like the three bands are, I grew up with. Those are with. my dad's favorite bands, and so that's definitely what I always was listening to and definitely still love it. And like Sublime. When I listen to Sublime, it That, like, that, said everything about it. Like, it literally makes me feel like I'm in the back of my mom's car and she's driving us to the river to go swimming. It takes you back, man. That's the power of art. Just art in general. It it has this power to transport you to a place before. Exactly. And I'd say today, music's definitely, like, the big art form in, like, uh, movies, you know, media Mm -hmm. like that. But back, you know, in the 1980s or probably farther back, like 60s, I don't know, um, like painters were rock stars. Like Claude Monet, he's an impressionist painter. He was literally so famous and so rich. And like being a painter was the coolest thing. 
people just wanted those paintings. Yes. They wanted and to see. Because, it, it, I mean, I don't know if you've ever looked at a painting. I'm sure you've looked at some form of art. I mean, especially with music. But you can just look at a painting sometimes and feel something so strong. And that's the, my favorite part about art is, like, when I can make something that makes myself feel that way. I'm like, yes. That's yeah. so see, cool. That's, I think that's something that... it's got to be something in your brain that Mm -hmm. you can make those connections that it can it can uh uh, bring up those feelings Mm -hmm. that we're talking about because i i I have that and i'm not a musician by any ways but i think the easiest form to feel those is music Mm -hmm. i think it's the best one to bring out those types of feelings but if i did have a, a painting or an art an art piece that brought anything out i would say it's like uh Gosh, dang it. It's like, uh, it's like Zeus. Fuck. Something about (laughs) Zeus and he's like eating his kid. I don't know. It's, it's, God damn it. Zeus's dad. Something with Greek mythology. (laughs) So it's that and it's, he's like eating his kid and I'm not, I I can see what, what they meant behind it. And it's the, the new generation, the old generation being scared of the new generation Mm -hmm. that's coming up. And like now I'm, I'm, I started to see it more and more and I'm young. I'm still fucking young as hell. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm so super young. But like you start seeing the people that are up and coming. You're like, I get it. Yeah, I understand. I'm kind of starting to get it. I see what it's that weird means. when you start feeling that because your parents, you know, your parents always tell you you'll get it when you're older and you're like, whatever, you oldie. <laughs> yeah, if the old head. <laughs> like, because you're, you're really the you're about. the young and hot shit. Still. But you really do feel that when you get older. Like, like I said, like when I look at my younger siblings, I'm like, what? And I totally get what my parents have been saying all this time, and it makes me kind of mad. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you right? <laughs> it makes me upset. I'm like, gosh, dang it, they at it again. <laughs> with those, with with the artists that you pull from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you how how did you come into those artists and how did you learn that those were how did it how, what how did they speak to you or what would you say I is mean, your favorite parts about them? I just when you look at certain paintings, it definitely invokes emotion, and for some reason, once I started learning about artists, you know, it kind of just casually gets brought up in school, never goes into a lot of depth, like going through middle school and high school. Yeah. You maybe learn about like Van Gogh and you know some classics like. I learned about Dali. That mm-hmm. was the one. I think that's the one artist I knew about. And yeah, everybody and knows like, about Picasso. I yeah, mean. and Leonardo da Vinci. Like, you learn about those guys, and it kind of just struck something to me. Like, I immediately was at home doing all the research on my own. Like, I, I have so many books at my house on just art and the art history, and it just, like, always has been so interesting to me. Because it's, like, when you look at art, knowing the history behind it is so important. Like, there's some paintings you'll see, and you're like, I don't get why that was famous. It doesn't look very cool. But if you can connect it with the time that it was painted, it actually, you realize, like, wow, that was a really great painting during that time because of the time that it was painted in. For the time. Mm -hmm. That's the really key phrase right there is for the time. Yes. And so it's like being able to learn that and know the history behind a painting makes it so much more special. And knowing why this painting was so revolutionary. Like when certain people look at like paintings like Jackson Pollock, he kind of started like the drip paintings, which like a bunch of just random splatters Mm -hmm. of paint. He's uh, one of the most famous artists that did that. You know, a lot of people look at that and they're like, you know, a five-year-old could paint that. Which a lot of people say with all. Yeah, that's the main all, one. All abstract art kind of gets that comment. But if 
you know the history behind that moment of nobody's ever done this before. Like, that's what made it, like, influential. And Have cool. you seen a lot of modern art? Have you, like, looked into, like, modern Yeah, definitely. Art and stuff? The only, mo- I think the most modern artist I know about is Banksy. Uh, or the Banksy, you know Banksy Yes, is? of course I know Banksy. I watched uh, through, the, through the awesome. gift shop. You see, you hear that movie? It's like uh, Behind the Gift Shop or something like that. Through the Gift Shop. I don't think I have, actually. It's about modern art. It's badass. It's, it's like a documentary. And mm-hmm. they like cover a Banksy and just cut. So how, I think, the Obey logo, how it's Andre mm-hmm. the Giant. And they talk about all this, just, uh, just the, the art. They talk about just kind of art in today's age and what it is. And Banksy is something they kind of just talk upon. Uh, like uh, It's kind of one of the hitting points. He's like, this is the guy right now. This is, this is the one we're going to look back on, how people were... This is our Picasso. This is our whatever it is. Like this is this generation, just this era. And the fact him. that he's managed in, especially in today's age. You know, back when I was in middle school, it made a little bit of sense to me how he stayed anonymous. But now it's like this is twenty twenty one. How have yeah, you dude, managed? Nobody knows who he is. How have you managed? And it's like, is it a group? Is it one person? Like nobody has any idea at all. And that's so crazy. Yeah, like, it, it, it is a little strange. Did you see what he's like recently? What happened? He sold a, there was a painting oh, that he sold. Oh, gosh, that was just about a year ago now, and it shredded. Yeah, and it shredded itself. So cool. Like, he, it was, just, that to me is just like Boom. a giant fuck you to people that were auctioning off his art. Yeah. Because yeah it, it, it's got to be. That's exactly what it is. But it only made the value go up, which is crazy. But it also, what uh, my immediate thought was, he had to have either been at that auction or had someone there. To get like the timing right. Press a button. Because as then... soon as the, it was bought, he did it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The timing was crazy. So I just like, read the story. I didn't, I didn't know, like, the details yeah, of it. Yeah, so he, the timing, like, it's like he had to have been there or something. So it's like, ah. It's he, kind of, that, he's, the, he's, an eno- he's an enigma. No, me. the fact that he's anonymous, it creates such a unique feeling. It's like, who is that? <laughs> who is that? It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. And there's a, the way... Because he's certainly, I don't know if he'd even be, I don't know how they're separating art movements for today. Because I don't even know what they'd clap. Because I feel like he's almost fallen into like the last movement. Because now they call it contemporary art. Like art that's made today mm-hmm. is contemporary. And I don't know if he'd be considered that. But I also don't know. It's He's, if anybody wants to kind of learn about just modern art stuff, Banksy is a, is a really good place to start, I feel. I, it's it, his, his just trajectory his his career whatever whatever he's doing or what he's trying to do it was yeah i want to know so bad what he does just every day like what does his normal day-to-day look like you know he goes out and he makes these pieces that get noticed all around the world and everyone knows who banksy is but nobody knows who he is at the same time it's like what is he doing what is he like what is there's cameras everywhere you know that's 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 the thing is like you figured some a camera would have grabbed yeah. him some at some and point. It's just like what is this guy doing in his spare time? He doesn't want the recognition. He just wants to do it. That's what it means to be a true artist. Mm-hmm. I, I, artists, I, I really don't think they're after money. No, uh, I mean it's certainly never been a super. Like in order to be rich from it, you've got to be like, I don't know, Bob Ross, like making a TV show out of it. Shout order. out Bob Ross. Yeah, first of all, hey, you you made Ross. a lot of people love art. He, so I've I've to totally you, learned a lot from his painting videos. Honestly, great date idea. Also, if anybody's looking that for that, that is a great put date on idea. A Bob Ross video and then just start painting away. Mm-hmm. 
go up, get a canvas from like Hobby Lobby, get some paints. Make sure you got done. the right colors. Yeah, get the right colors mm-hmm. for sure. I used to have, you know what? This is sad. And I'm going to tell you a sad <laughs> fact about my life. I used to have crazy art crayons. I never got Crayola. And I only got the small packs. I always wanted mm-hmm. that 64 pack. Damn. But man. I never got that 64 pack. I bro. definitely had the 64 pack. You had that 64 pack? I mean, I pack? had to. My parents Damn. knew I liked to draw. And then like, <laughs> I've, went, I've gone to Walmart and I'm like, dude, it's like $2 more. It's literally not for that much 64 crayons. Why, why did you not want to get the 64 crayons? Because the 64 crayons had gold and silver. Also, you were like the bad bitch in class if you had 64 crayons. Oh, dude, you whip out your pencil case and you and then you, apart from your pencil case, you whip out the crayon box. It has and its, it's own got, crayon sharpener. Hell yeah. Oh, my God, dude. You whip, you're just taking <laughs> me back to the crayon sharpener. <laughs> it's wow. crazy. All right, Randy, we're going to take a quick glory remission. Okay. Right, we'll be right. um, art. <laughs> art. Some, I think art's somewhere the, in the yeah, art Yeah, somewhere world. in the art world. We were talking about Banksy for sure. Yeah. Uh, Who's awesome. Who is who is badass. Do what, So how do you how do you promote yourself? Uh, you have your, your, I would say, that's, I would say you're a prominent artist in Pocatello. Yeah, I mean, art's not very big in Pocatello. No, um, no, it's, it's not. getting there, which is it's really fun to see. You know, the art council's been trying to get more stuff out. There's been the mural fests and um, all that's really great to see because, like, when I was growing up here, you never saw murals, so it's really cool to see a bunch of them popping up. Pocatello's taking a, a cool little turn. Yeah, which I think it needs. Um, so that's definitely really fun. It's definitely hard as an artist to promote yourself because it's like at this while well, you have to be creating and being that creative mindset you also have to be running your social media and promoting yourself and building your yeah. websites and writing the copy and doing all of the work like and then all, messaging people online and just like trying it's to get all your name on out. one person because until you're like making enough money to outsource it's all you mm-hmm. and so it's definitely can be overwhelming sometimes it's like goodness that's how i feel about this podcast it's been all me I mean, exactly. Like most people, you know, like big podcasts like Joe Rogan, someone else is editing his video. Somebody else is posting it on the Joe Rogan Experience Instagram. He laid down the blueprint, though. And I, I will I will say uh, I have followed that blueprint to a T. That's, that's great. He's a sex, very successful podcast. He said he was like, just bring people on, talk, talk about whatever. That's, that's the way to do it. He like the way I see Joe Rogan's is like it's literally just like setting up a stage. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He let, he brings on some really awesome people. So, dude, okay, my last episode was uh, number sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm so mad I didn't get number sixty nine. <laughs> I, I had people like specifically were calling. They like they like they wanted number sixty nine, right? <laughs> I love that. So the day before, I was at sixty eight, and then I was like, "There's two guys, hilarious. I love them to death, Max Height and Brain Wheeler," and they were like, "We're gonna do this, and it's gonna be." This is going to be the greatest podcast I ever had. This thing's going to be... <laughs> they didn't tell me, but they were like, this thing's going to be bad. Like, it was raunchy. That's like, hilarious. It was... We talked about... Oh, my God. They said some shit on that podcast <laughs> where I was like, why? Why would you say this? This is because They were talking about, like, their past... Well, you know, to put it in, in nice terms, is like, 
uh, their past love experiences, mm-hmm. you know, and just uh, s- several positions that they've done, states oh that the girls have gosh. been in, with like if they're like on their periods and stuff. And I was like, just oh, as ah! explicit as it can get. It was. It was hilarious yet also one of the one of the it was it was probably my favorite podcast today i was crying i was crying laughing and i was like you're not gonna get this anywhere else you're not gonna get people that that you you can go up to and just talk to and then just like just talk to them like this like this is this is it's it's real Mm -hmm. i feel like the podcast is the podcasts that i do have are very real and i try not to you know, censor anything. I do very little editing. I just add the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most podcasts aren't very well like split up like how YouTube videos are. Mm-hmm. There's just shit ton of editing that goes into it. People have asked me if I'm gonna do YouTube videos. I'm like, do I look like I know how to do videos, it's man? It's crazy. My my boyfriend makes YouTube videos and he does wedding videos professionally as well. And like when I watch him edit, I'm like, what? I think I, I think I have him on on some social medias. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I think I do. And he, like, it blows my mind because it's like, and but the same thing. He, like, tells me, like, when I watch you paint, it's completely out of my realm. Like, I don't understand it at all. How do you know when to use pressure and not? And it's the same thing. It's like, how do you know it? That it holds, that system looks so confusing, like Adobe Premiere right? and all that. And then they start, they, like, snip bits out, and then they go ahead. They have to put no, other it, things it's inside. So what insane. are you doing, it's like man? putting audio over it and, like, making it all fit together perfectly. Like... There's been times where he'll do like this, like a he'll, to him, it's like I'm gonna just do a quick edit. It'll take 20 minutes, and he'll do it in literally 20 minutes or less. And it's like that would have taken me all day. Like, <laughs> and it's just crazy. And the same thing though, like when I like we've painted together, you know, and he'll be like, I'll like show him some technique, and he's mind blown. And so it just it kind of goes both ways, just whatever your like niche is. Yeah. And so it's really it's it's really cool to see. It's really cool to get to know different people that are into different things. Have you had? many teachers or fuck, i'm gonna say masters that have kind that you've kind of have fallen under like in the wing. art in the yeah art. in the art world not not necessarily um i guess like in high school i had a i had a pottery teacher ceramics and he was really awesome mr wheeler um and i learned a lot about ceramics and i really loved doing it i still have some of my little sculptures that i made and i'd love to continue doing it if once i have the resources um get a wheel but for painting, I've always just kind of been self-taught, mm. like just trial and error. Bob Ross, I guess, is a good one, but <laughs> I don't really paint in that style. Um, it's definitely great knowledge to have under your belt. But for the most part, it's just kind of figuring it out along the way. Happy little mistakes. Yep. That's the biggest Bob Ross piece of knowledge that I mm-hmm. like. That I like. Which trial and error is definitely a really good way to learn, so... That's probably the best way to learn. Yeah. I think yeah. I've learned the the most from trial and error. Mm-hmm. Just going like, all right, well, I'm never doing that again. Yep, absolutely. That fucked me over for a couple hours. I've definitely messed up on a lot of paintings. When I painted Jamba Juice, like, like if I were to paint that same mural again, I think it'd take me half the time. Just because really? I did things Whoa. a roundabout way. Like, it's like, you didn't need to do it that way. You could have done it this way. And it's like... Those things make a really big difference. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just like learning as you go. And so how how long do you think you've been painting for? If you if well, you if you could put a number of hours on it, because well, they say hours. ten thousand hours. Hours is a I mastery. Know. I don't know if I could do. T- I know that I've been painting since you know at least like eighth grade, my freshman year of high school. Dude, I think it starts there. I think the count starts there because you already when once you start something. 
that's when it starts because you, there's not like you're going to regress yeah. from that time. You yeah, keep the you lessons keep you learn. I don't know that I'm quite at 10,000 hours. I think that seems like a little bit above me. Um, but I'm definitely up in the thousands, I'd say for sure. Dude, I've, look, I'll, I'll pull up. I'm going to pull up some of your artwork because it's... I'll, I'll say right now, I am... I'm I'm not I'm not talented in in any way of using like brushes or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. You have an art page, right? Yeah, art by Rainy. Art by Rainy. Okay, I was looking at just your regular. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's paintings here, but there's, there's not. <laughs> I'm also really bad about posting. I have even more unfinished paintings. Okay. I mean, fully finished paintings. So in my this picture. is what I was this, like these. So this one right here, oh, what's I that? Love that what's one. that blue one, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. There, there's it's so you call it melancholy right mm-hmm. uh it's 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 clouds and then it's a face but it's the black eyes and the earrings and like that just learning that that is a style that you have mm-hmm. and just like honing it in like that i can't come up with that in my brain no right? i really i really love that painting that's one of the first paintings i've done that i was like wow that's completely me like i didn't take yeah yeah I, and just from looking at all of your artwork like I can I if if I, if somebody would put a lineup out of uh, just put paintings on there and then you were to draw something they're like draw this face and then draw it in that person's style mm-hmm. I would be able to say that's her that, yeah, that's, that's, that's her style cool. thank you because and like and I, I've said this plenty of times like there's a lot of things where you can't you can't tell them apart just because mm-hmm. it's very uniform I say I <laughs> I make the joke about my dick all the time I'm like <laughs> like if you put my dick in a lineup I can tell. Which one's mine? You couldn't tell because your own. it's they all look the same. It's 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 just uniform, but with 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 art like that, like you can tell. I can tell that 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 would yeah. be your artwork, right? And it's, it's it's just putting your individual stamp on things. Yeah, it's know? it's interesting because I always surprise myself. Like when I did Jamba Juice, I'd never painted wings before, at, at all. all. Never once. And so I, I always surprise myself, like, when I get a challenge, I'm like, I just always say yes, and I'm like, okay, and then it always turns out good, because I just... Is there anything you're, like, v- like really uncomfortable painting, or, or just something that's kind of a weak point on your... on your As, and I, I think I speak for a lot of artists, honestly, when I say hands. <laughs> hands. I've heard that, I've, <laughs> I've actually heard that a lot, hands yeah, because people hate drawing hands. Hands are intimidating, they, they're, they're very specific, I don't know what it is, I've definitely done it successfully. But for the most part, I avoid it <laughs> if I can. I also am not very good at, like, super realistic high hair. Um, I can hair? be kind of cartoony hair and, like, different styles. But if I were to, like, try and make it hyper-realistic, I think I'd get nowhere. And that's why, that's a big part of why my, all my faces I have clouds around them or flowers growing out of their heads. Because oh, I don't really like painting hair. It's all kind of <laughs> like, it's, it's just like, I love when this happens, right? So, like, I'm talking to somebody, and then I have a question about my hair, and it just kind of, like, when they say something, it just kind of, like, falls in, <laughs> in, like, Tetris, right? That's what it means to make your style. Exactly. Because you you know where you, you're like, I'm not going to do that, because <laughs> yeah. that's not going to look good, right? So I'm going to figure out other things mm-hmm. to put there. So, oh man, that's so cool. No, and that's so I, cool. I realized too, like a big reason, like a lot of my paintings, the eyes are colored black. First of all, it looks awesome. It looks super cool. You heard but of black also, eyed children? You know, back, yes, black eyed children? Yes. Yeah, it's so terrifying, but also it. fucking cool. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks scary. It like adds emotion, all these things. But also eyes are kind of hard. 
they're kind of hard. Like, work smarter, not harder, you know? If you can make it look even better without doing the hard work, fill it with black. <laughs> fill it with black. <laughs> like, just, like, just do it. Like, fill it with black, bro. Like, just fill it with black. It, it's definitely, I think that's a very big, important part of the artistic process is f- shortcuts. <laughs> shortcuts? Yes. Artists can cheat a lot, and I think, like, coming in contact with professional artists it's one of the biggest difference between amateurs and professionals is professionals cheat and they're not ashamed about it like work work smarter not harder is so important in the art world you know what's what's crazy about that is that you, they don't if you're coming into it right mm-hmm. you don't see it as cheating they've gotten to the point where it doesn't exactly. look like cheating it, and, it, and it shouldn't be it even really shouldn't be considered cheating like i've seen like, I'll see, like, art videos of people showing their artistic process, and they're maybe using some shortcut. And non-artists are all in the comments, like, this isn't art. Like, you're cheating. And it's like, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're taking a shortcut, and you would do the same thing. I've, uh, the reason I say that, it, where I, I added that, is because I've seen it in my career. As, mm-hmm. a, as a mechanic, like, I would go up to talk to the parts guys. I would fuck up on something, and I'd be like, yeah, man. And, like, they could tell that you're, uh, I'm, like, distraught about it. I'm like, yeah. fuck, hurts the pride. Hurts the pride, mm-hmm. right? And then they're like, dude, listen, those guys out there fuck up, too, okay? Mm-hmm. Just because you don't see it, just because I, I, I tend to put people on pedestals, and it's like, well, this dude obviously is way better than me. So yeah. I, I, that's what that's what happens. with That's just kind of like a weird mechanism I have. People that are have been doing along with them. Yeah, yeah, right. It is a human thing. But that's that's what I do. And then one guy came out and he was like, listen, you're beating yourself like way too hard about this shit. Like they fuck up all the time, too. So just know, like you'll get there. They They are still better than you. But but only because they've been doing it. They've been they've doing it for so much already. longer. But they're they also they know they know all the shortcuts. Learning those shortcuts, fuck it. It's not it's not that you're looking for an easy out. It it does make it you just, better. It, it makes, makes you, you better. better. It really does. And it's something you know. I'm still learning new shortcuts every day. Like I still am learning things from new artists and all these things. But it's cool when I have the opportunity to teach someone like painting shortcuts and stuff like that. Like my sister's a painter as well. And she she hasn't done any like of um, that water's yours also too by the oh, way oh thank you just so you know she hasn't she doesn't do super big projects like I do she's kind of a casual painter but she's really talented and so she'll do the mural alleys with me like the community ones where you don't get paid you don't you don't have to pay to do it you just come and paint mm-hmm. and when we're doing it like or when we're just painting at our house you know I'll be like no try this technique hold your paintbrush from this place do it like use a dry brush instead of a wet brush different things like that. And it's so cool seeing her be like, wow, that made such a difference. And same with like when I paint with friends and I'm like, hey, try this. And so it's cool already where I still feel like I have a lot to learn. Feeling that like, wow, I do have some knowledge under my belt. Like I do kind of know what I'm doing. Isn't it weird? Like it's Doesn't always, it feel it's, a little it, strange? It always kind of feels cool. It's like, maybe I am getting there. It's like I'm headed in the right direction. And it's so the it's, little wins, man. Mm-hmm. It's those little wins that just and make you it, go, yeah. shit, I am doing something. No, it feels really good. Like a lot of my coworkers, they're really dorky. They'll always be like, you're going to be famous. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to get your autograph. You know, dorky vibes, like kind of just like cute coworkers. And it, but it always kind of is like cheesy in like a cute way. Like it's like, oh, thank you. are so nice. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've seen that vine of the little kid that gets an avocado for breakfast? Oh, my gosh. Thanks. It's that kid. It's that feeling. That's a throwback. That's cute. I do that all the time. I like to go (laughs) way back in the way, way back machine, you know? I I watched, uh, like, 
a shit ton of vines to fall asleep yesterday. Oh my gosh. Man. That's gotta be weird. That's Comedy gold. Weird. Comedy gold, dude. I do miss vines. There's a the one that sticks out right now, just because I can think about this. I've been thinking of this one for a while. It's like a it's like happy birthday, Raven. And it's this little black girl and she's at the beach. It's like a little <laughs> baby and she's like, I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so that's what made Vine so so funny. I think it was just always like genuine. Like just random clips. Yeah, dude. People were still learning about um, it. It was it was I, I knew I knew TikTok was gonna take off just because of the success that Vine had. Mm-hmm. It was just inevitable that that was going to happen. Definitely a little bit different, like the way that videos are done on TikTok. But I don't have be- TikTok, so really? I, I've 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 refused to download TikTok. Don't. <laughs> I, mean, I don't trust I, the Chinese. Is the main thing. That's that's fair, but also I'd say that it's it's trashed my attention span. I'm like, oh, a one it's minute like video. Seven second videos, man. Yeah, or even one minute or seven seconds. I'm like, I can't finish this. Like, get it over with. And I swipe to the next one. It's like, I can't watch seven seconds. Seven seconds. You're like, <laughs> like, oh, fuck that. I don't have enough time for seven seconds. Yeah. The biggest reason I really wanted to download it but have not done what I need to is it's like a really great place to post art. Like It's artists, a platform. Artists can go so crazy viral on there. And I have an art TikTok, but I do not post enough. I post like, what, three videos? It's a great platform. Because everybody's using it. Mm-hmm. It's a platform. Right, but it's hard. It, d- it definitely still takes a lot of work. Just one of those things. In time. Mm-hmm. Man, and sometimes it's hard to commit. It's hard to it's hard to get the ball rolling on things like that. It's a whole different aspect that a lot of people don't mm-hmm. think is there. But like, if you want to make it in that industry, I think especially in art, like getting your name out there is the biggest mm-hmm. thing, and probably the best way to get your name out there. Just posting, social media, posting, posting. Yeah, I try. It seems like like when it comes to like me posting my art on Twitter and Instagram, I'm either painting and not posting or posting and not painting. Like you can't find a balance, <laughs> man. You, you need to find that balance, dude. It's all just still because I'm so still learning. Like you know, I'm only just barely getting serious about it the last couple of years. Just from what I've seen, and uh, and I could be a very an outsider to this, right? Because I'm. I'm, I'm I, I really don't know a lot, mm-hmm. but I feel like you're pretty well ahead of the curve around here in Pocatello. And, that, and that's fair. I think an outside perspective is an important perspective because I think a lot of I, what I see a lot of other artists do or creatives do is they look at things too critically. And I know I do the same thing. And it's like, well, the outside perspective says a lot different. Do you think that hurts you? It can. at stuff too critically like I that? think it can, it can be negative and positive. You know, like. Oh, for sure. You can, yeah. you can overwork yourself. You can, I've ruined paintings by thinking about it too much. Um, and it just like, or it makes it lose its fun if you think about it too much. But at the same time, mm. you shouldn't stop, you know, you shouldn't get cocky. You shouldn't think you're the best yet. You know, there's always room for improvement no matter who you are. I would like to p- pick your brain about about uh, a sentence you just said right there. Is that keeping it fun? Mm-hmm. How do you keep it fun? I feel like if it, if it ever just becomes a job, you would just lose yeah, I have passion you know, for it. So far, it hasn't been too much of an issue. The biggest thing I do is if a project doesn't sound appealing, it doesn't sound fun, I just say no. There's no money's not really worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a job. Like some a local business reached out to me to paint their windows, and I was like, I don't want to paint your windows. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like I just don't. I don't want to paint your windows. So I said no, and it's 
just knowing when to say no, I guess, is important. But um, so far, it's just stayed fun. Like, when I paint murals, it's a lot more work than me working my regular job. Like, when I did Jamba Juice, I think I worked a 12-hour day, a 9-hour day, and a 14-hour day. So much more work than if I was just at my job. Yeah. But it's so much funner. Like, it, I actually just enjoy it. Even though it's a 14-hour day in the hot sun with no breaks, I just enjoy it. What's that old saying? Uh, do what you love and you'll never work yes, a day in your life. Yes, exactly. And I, I think that to some point that becomes real. The part that feels like work is doing the advertising and the promoting. And it's almost like that's where you have to start outsourcing when you're a creative person. Mm. But I also do know a lot about, like, writing copy like copywriting and all that um like i've tried getting into the whole e-commerce thing with like drop shipping and building your own websites and it's cool it's interesting but it's also just not for me that's the business <laughs> end of it like, it's 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 having the creative end and having the business end and that's the thing is uh and that's probably why a lot of artists struggle is you have for oh my god you have yes, to do that's both. why oh you have to do both and it sucks Creatives aren't good at business. <laughs> and they're not supposed to be. Yeah, because they're creatives. <laughs> and that's what that's that's why there is people that are good at business and people that are good at the creative side is because they're supposed to come together and work together. And so it's hard because I you know I can't afford to hire someone to build my website. Yeah. So it's like I've just got to do it, and it just comes it comes in waves sometimes. Sometimes I'll just get randomly motivated and I'll make like five Twitter posts and I'll just I'm just like yes. I killed it today. <laughs> but then... You're like, wait, I gotta do that tomorrow? Yeah, but then, then I won't post for a week. And I'm like... And, like, the way algorithms are set up on social media is you need to be posting. Consistency. And that's, that's what's hard, is it's like, yeah, I want to get a bunch of Twitter followers, but I, I can't post every day. <laughs> so it's hard. You need consistency. Networking's also really important. Like, um... Obviously, it, if somebody who has a large following follows you and retweets your stuff, it's going to make a pretty big difference. So networking is super important, too, which that part I think I'm pretty all right at because I like talking to people, especially mm -hmm. other artists. Yeah. Um, what I've learned is just kind of what I've seen is following along those lines is that it, it, a lot of times it doesn't even have to be somebody with just a larger following true. than you. It's just somebody with a different following. Yeah, than you. they can. Yeah, because then you because then you you wrap. And I love this with the podcast, too, because every every single guest I've had on. When they post it, they post something on their socials mm -hmm. like, hey, I just did this thing. Check this out. Then I get people listening into that, yeah. like, and then if I manage to be charming enough, like I kind of want to listen to something else about this guy, see no, what exactly. else he's got, and then you just keep building off of those people, and it feels like—I mean, it sounds shitty. Like you're not using those people, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm, every time I bring someone, on, I am genuinely interested in bringing someone. On yeah, and talking I, to them. exactly. But like, it's reaching an audience because mm -hmm. people—I I have listeners that are like. They've listened to every podcast. And mm -hmm. shout out to those guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very surprised you keep doing this. But those people, now they know about you. Yeah, exactly. And they're it gonna works look on into both you. ends. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. No, I have I have people that I don't know like at all, like in my personal life that totally like free tweet all my posts and stuff and it, it makes me feel really cool. Like on Twitter. Thanks. Guys. I've actually 
um, sold prints in Japan only once. Just what? Just one girl. She bought my prints in Japan, and then somebody else in like Seattle. And I was just like, "What? Like that's so cool." My art's getting that's out badass, there. man. And my my grandma lives in Seattle, and she's been like handing out my business cards. And I think that'd be really fun to do some more projects out of state because you know right now I've been staying local. Mm. Um, so do you sell a lot of prints? So what's what's your business right now? What do you do? You the do you paint stuff out and then the just money's in murals for sale. The money's definitely in murals. Um, I try and sell my prints, but I don't promote them enough. I'd say if I promoted them more, I'd probably have more sales. Do you ever do, uh, so they have like a farmer's market here every Saturday, and they have mm -hmm. people selling stuff. Do you ever did come out and I do art walks sometimes um, when it lines up with my schedule. Um, I honestly, I'm interested, like this little Thursday or Saturday market that they have been doing, I'm kind of interested in because lately I have been working Saturdays. The biggest thing is my work schedule is really conflicted with my art life a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I work, I've been working 40 hours a week, like the prime of the day for like the last year. And that makes it super hard to find time to do your personal life, be creative and like take care of yourself. Um, I just went part time, which is super exciting. <laughs> like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, like what a relief. So that's definitely going to help, but it's still, it's still hard to find that balance for sure. Um, but the goal is to not have to really work at like some job, honestly, because you can make six figures easy painting murals. And that's where like, I like, like painting. I've learned that painting on walls is so much more enjoyable to me than painting on a canvas. Really? It's so, it's just like one giant canvas. Like, it's so cool. And you're in the sun and you're having a good time and you're talking to people because people see your painting and they're like, what are you doing? I bet you I could talk to five different artists and they would all have their own feelings about top painting on different surfaces. Like, they'd be like, I love this or I hate this or yeah, I love this other it's, thing. It's everyone's so different and that's. To each their own. Mm -hmm. But it, I, when I did Jamba Juice, I was like, yes, like, I have to keep doing this. Like, this is what this I want to do. This is what I need to mm -hmm. do. This is me. And it's something, you know, I'd already been thinking about. Like, I I would love to get a mural gig. And I almost, I almost am like, did I manifest that? Because I was ah, just thinking about it. Yep. I was just thinking about it so much. I was like, I would love to paint a wall. Like, I'm going to paint a business one day. Mm -hmm. And so now it's, like, only been a year since that, you know, just a little over a year since I did my first mural. And I've painted a handful more and have more lined up. So it's really exciting. I'm going to be painting my biggest wall yet soon. I'm really nervous. How uh, big is it? You know the bourbon barrel bar over here? I think Just down so. the street by like Hot Hair and Volano's. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be painting that wall. It's pretty mm. massive. Um, I'm really excited. And then like I have some other like I'm planning on donating a mural to a local school and different things like that. And just keep on getting my name out there and I want to because lately it's been like summers when you paint murals but I want to get more into the market of painting indoor murals so I can paint throughout the winter as Ooh, well yeah so it keeps going but for some reason I was like damn she wants to paint out in the snow <laughs> <laughs> you, know I mean? you could in like October but once it's getting in that heavy snow that would be pretty oh miserable. yeah they'd be like oh, I would suck yeah, I like <laughs> fucking paintbrushes yeah. around <laughs> no it's hard I even I painted Butterbur's window um like last fall or maybe early spring and it was too cold I was like nope I'm gonna finish this tomorrow this. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm done cause yeah it's, it's hard it's cold 
and hmm. different different textures of walls make it hard too. Like if you're painting on brick or cinder block, those are pretty difficult to paint on. They absorb. Do you have to use paint. different paints? I am. I, I use the same for all the murals I've done, like just outdoor kind of house paint. Um, but you have to use more depending on what kind of wall you're painting mm -hmm. on. Okay. But like the ones with built-in primer, are definitely my go-to's. Here's a here's here's a question, right? How do you react to criticism of your art? Well, it depends on what the criticism is. If it comes from a real place of like improving your skill and um, genuine criticism, or if it's just being an asshole. There's ah, a difference for sure. There's yeah, there is a big difference. There's for a difference, sure. and yeah. you can tell when it's there. I definitely think I handle criticism actually pretty well, even in like just like my job. Like it's one of the definitely one of my strengths. What do you do? I'm a teller. Well, I can over-the-phone teller, so I do a lot of bank stuff. So okay. escrow, automatic payments, everything. When you sit, when you're sitting there, are you like, I do, I do, this is not what I need to be doing. Yes. This is not me. I, I am, and it's strange because I, I do like my job. It's a really great place to work. Um, I enjoy being there. I get paid a lot of money. and stop me, That's what makes it hard for me to quit. It's like, I do like this job, and they do pay me really well. It's that jump, man. But it's also not me. And, like, when I talk to my coworkers, they're all really great, genuine people. But they fit in there really well. And I don't. So, like, sometimes I feel like this, like, weird, like, I don't know. Like, I feel outside of it when I'm there sometimes. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's, it's very unique exactly because there is a part of me that does really well, like, with business and working in those types of jobs and those 9-to-5 areas. And, you know, obviously I said I'd try doing the e-commerce thing and... There's a part of my brain that can do that, but there's also a part of my brain that wants to rebuild a school bus into a tiny house and paint murals all over the country. And that's the side of myself that I like more. I just <laughs> had a chick on here that did tiny bus stuff. Her name is uh, Lizzie. Dude, really? I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna have to hit her up because that's actually my goal. I have a, I currently have a savings account for my bus. It doesn't even cost that much to buy a bus. Fucking bus that. life, dude. <laughs> why do I keep meeting people with bus <laughs> life adventures? It's dope. That's why. And, the, the, I mean, the biggest difference, obviously, I could buy a cool Sprinter van. You know, I could, and I could rebuild that oh, to a dude, house. Oh, those, like, Mercedes ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, exactly. And those are sweet. Style. Those are sweet. And there's pros and cons to both. But the biggest pro that I'm attracted to of doing the bus is, first of all, I could bring my cat. I could put a shower inside of it. And... Buses are built to last because they're made for school kids. Like, they are meant to be safe. If that shit gets hit, like, you, nobody's dying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like that's, that's what they're made for. That is true. Is so, like, if you look at comparisons of an RV that gets in a crash versus a bus. A school bus. It's insane. Those frames are they're solid, made, They're made dude. out of steel. Solid-ass solid fucking And so frames. there's a lot of security in that and a lot of space. Like, I'd be able to comfort. I think I'd be able to comfortably live in a bus for a year plus, if not, you I'm know, I'm trying like to think of years. any other, like, vehicles that could fuck up a bus. There's not a lot of vehicles that could You'd fuck up a like bus. You'd have to, like, really get in a crazy, crazy crash to fuck up a bus. Well, what would you do? Like, what would, what would your first, um, I guess, tour be? Oregon coast, probably. I was going to say, would it be like on the coast of Oregon? Yeah. Maybe even go down I mean, like the California, on. man, I, hit the Bay Area. I feel like there's no other way to do it. <laughs> you got to go to the coast. I think the western United States is so much cooler than the eastern United States just because it's so much more beautiful. We've got mountains and beaches. Like that's Best of both cool, worlds. Coolest combo there is. I lived in Los Angeles for a short time. 
And I had, what I liked about it, I was like, there's mountains and beaches? Like, what? <laughs> what? Because you know, here, here in Pocatello, <laughs> we only have mountains. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, certain cities only have beaches. And so I was like, mountains and beaches. Wow. <laughs> in the best of both and, fucking And worlds. like a downtown city. Like, that's like all of it. You have a beach, you have mountains, and you have like a city. I've learned to really love the country lifestyle. I'd oh, there's say, like rodeos and horses and fucking cows and shit. I'm like, damn, I feel dude, that. This I'd, is badass. I'd say the biggest thing that I got from living in Los Angeles is I love Pocatello. It's appreciation a, for a smaller place. Like, so you know, everyone in this town's like, I need to leave this garbage town. Yes, all of them. Everyone. But it's like, okay, are you saying that because your friends suck? Because just get new friends. Let's be real. Just get new friends. Pocatello's great. A lot of people don't hate the places they're at. They hate the situations that they're no, in. No, exactly. Because Pocatello really is, like, I've learned to really, like, appreciate it. Um, Bro, this I last, love eastern Idaho. It's really, Idaho is the fastest growing state for a reason. I keep telling people <laughs> like, that want to leave. I'm like, you know there's a reason people are flocking here, like, right? Like, Idaho's beautiful, and it's genuine. Like, there's still, like, and especially being down here in southeast Idaho, you're not, you know, we're not, like surrounded by racists as much nah. <laughs> i guess Still, i mean there's a few but i mean isn't there anywhere like, anywhere you, you go there's like racism. if we were to take a demographic of north idaho versus southeastern idaho let's say there'd be a difference there's literally a kkk establishment yeah, in northern idaho exactly so there's know? definitely a difference i'd say i love being down here because it's like what 12 hours to get anywhere cool 12 hours to the beach 12 hours to freaking even if you want a cool weekend salt lake is right there and boise's right there yeah you can do it it's and then you get your cute little cozy town to be in where what 15 minutes to the mountains fucking 20 minutes because either like, which way and you're in the mountains la you know la is cool but you've got to drive at least 45 minutes anywhere and you gotta get on the highway. There's people everywhere. And it's so expensive. It's it's very expensive. It's, it was painfully. Expensive. You lived in L.A. Mm-hmm. That's cool, dude. What made you want to go to L.A.? Well, I went um, with an ex-boyfriend, which was kind of whack. It's big reason I came back was because that sucked. Ah, <laughs> ah okay. But, um, <laughs> but it was a cool we'll experience. It was definitely a cool experience in the fact of like a the culture, like the culture shock. The culture shock was really cool. What would you say was, like, the biggest... How how did it change? What was the flux? I mean, if you think about walking downtown Pocatello versus walking downtown L.A., it's, like, huge difference. And you just being... Like, seeing that huge difference, I think, is important. Like, you know, like, my sister's never been to L.A. She has no, she has no idea about this whole other world out there. She's never left the state I'll very leave much. my car unlocked in Pocatello. Yeah, you don't do that in L.A. No. You don't. Sometimes. Um, so I'm not saying there's no crime here because I've seen some crackheads. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm like, there, and there definitely is. My, my friends had her car robbed here outside of her house once. Like, it happens, it but happens. it's definitely not the same. Um, there's no skid row in Pocatello. Yeah. But it was it still was really fun. I think, like, I just love experiencing different places. Like, a, what I would like to do is live in a bunch of different cities for, like, six months to a year. That way you can fully experience the city, but not have to commit to living there. There's a there's a song called Sunscreen. I forget who it's by. <gasps> but uh, there's, a, there's a line in that oh song. Oh my gosh! I know exactly what you're talking about. And he's, Wait, let me see if this is the same one. And he says, live in Northern California, but don't get too soft. Yes! Living in New York, <laughs> but don't one. get too hard. That's I, the one. That yeah. lyric like speaks to me so much. Live in New York one time, but leave before you get too hard. 
Yes, and I really want to live in New York at some point. Like, I want to experience that life. I want to feel what that feels like. Brooklyn, Just as, Brooklyn. Like, what? Like, of course I want to experience what that feels like. But I still will always, I think, consider Pocatello like my home base. Mm. You know, my obviously my family lives here and I grew yeah. up here. And it's so cute. Like, I actually, like, that's, and that's what also I love about leaving is it makes you really like being here. Because my sister still, and my family, they're like, this place sucks. It's like, that's because you haven't lived yet, man. Yeah, you haven't lived anywhere else. You you think it sucks here because you don't know how everyone, shitty it actually is. Everyone hates their hometown. Yeah. Everyone hates their hometown. But really, you hate your hometown because you hate the people in your hometown. Pocatello's not that small. There's a lot of people here. I keep meeting new people every every day. I yeah. swear I see new people. Whenever I go to Walmart, I mean, I'm like, why have I never seen this person yeah, before? exactly. And I mean, like, compared to who I was hanging out with in high school versus to who I'm hanging out with now, like, it's a completely different crowd of people. And I really love the people I've been hanging out with. And I mm-hmm. love them so much that I don't want to leave Pocatello. Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm like, no, yeah, like, I would sure. break my heart. Like, I don't want to leave them. I want to leave you. <laughs> like, you guys are awesome. I made a bond with you. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's hard. It's like, but I'll, I, still, I still am planning on leaving eventually. Yeah. But I'm always planning on coming back. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think some people, like, don't like the fact that they come back. Like, I have a lot of friends who lived in Salt Lake or lived, you know, outside the state and then moved back. And obviously, you know, I lived in California and came back. And I lived a lot in of, Boise and I came back. Yeah, and a lot of people feel guilty about coming back. Like, they did They weren't successful. But it's like, no, you were. You just only can do it for so long sometimes. I realized it, it wasn't for me. Yeah. A larger cities, I don't. I, I just don't do well in a larger city. Dude, it's hard. L.A. I met zero new people. People are which mean. is weird because you figured you would meet a lot of people, right? Mm. And I tried, you know, I really did, but it's it's a big city and it's intimidating and it's hard. And it's just so, like people are strange. I remember like I'd be on hikes, um, and you know, here if you're on a hike, you wave to someone and they you, or you give them a nod and they nod back and they smile and. Just the nod of way. approval. Just yes, yeah, like, yep, we're on this trail together, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't die. There's cats out here. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. You know, a quick, like, just, like, just, you know, quick nod. And in L.A., you know, I do that same thing. So that's what I do. I'm from Pocatello. And they would look at me like I was insane. They'd Ugh. look at me like I was going to murder person. them when, really, I'm not very scary. Like, I'm not scary at all. I would say if you were to wave at me at a trail, I wouldn't think you're. Uh, this is a scary <laughs> right? individual wanting to hurt me. Right? Like, and so it always, it, like, kind of made me sad. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, they hate me. <laughs> like, what's going on? There's no sense of community. That's, yeah. Community is, like, definitely what it is. Like, when open mic night happens here, you know, it's so cute and genuine and everyone knows each other and likes each other. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get that in L.A., I feel like. I'm trying to. I'm trying to come to those here, dude. You I should. I just don't have time. I just it's don't awesome. have the time. It's. I and I. I feel that. I I'll don't, probably be here. I just haven't come. Coming Thursday. Though. I haven't come the last while, um, and so that's hard. The only reason I even started coming was, um, my friend Blaze is actually in a band. Uh, oh, I know Blaze. Yeah. Bro, he's going to Colorado. I he was know. on the podcast. He was. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, Blaze was on the podcast. I love Blaze so much. He and his band is so awesome. Sidekick. Sidekick. Yeah. They are exactly. awesome. Small world, huh? Mm-hmm. Would you look at that? Yeah, I know Blaze, dude. It's crazy how it all happens. My sister was like acquaintances with him, and then all of a sudden he started working at the bagel re with my boyfriend, and we just all became friends. And I'm like, wow. Fifth Street. Mm-hmm. The Fifth Street bagelry. Mm-hmm. I always said bagelry. 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 But I love it. <laughs> and, 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 like, it comes back around, too. Like, where Blaze makes music, that's something that's outside of my scope. But it's cool to see him do it. But if anybody, uh, I, I think, 
I don't know how much. I think they're already gone, but it, it would have been. They, they were genuinely a good band. I think they were mm-hmm. really fun to watch. I think Blaze, because he, him and, um, oh no, what's his name? I only knew Blaze. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know He's moving the with one of his buddies who's in the band, and they're going to kind of try and keep it going. Mm-hmm. So. The drummer and then one of, I think the bass players still will obviously live here, so. Power to them, you know. It's chasing the dream, man. That's what it is. He's super talented. He's really good at what he does, so. Great voice. Very exciting. Great voice. I know. When he plays, like, he plays one of the Red Hot Chili Peppers songs, and it's so good. It's my favorite when he plays that one. I can't remember the name of it, but it's my favorite. Can't Stop. Danny California. Yes. Yep. Can't stop. Is it can't yep. stop? Mm-hmm. Don't stop addicted he to the shit digs. He does that one so good. It's awesome. I wish him the best. I told. I sent him a message. I wish I would have seen him before he left, but I sent him a message. I was like, dude, I just want you to know. You know, I wish you the best in whatever endeavors yeah. you're in now. I didn't get to see no, him. No, I'm excited. I, I I think me and Clint um, are gonna have to go see him in Colorado for sure. Dude, Colorado's dope. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to Colorado. But, like, you know, first of all, Colorado, what a cool trip! Like, and then the fact that your buddy lives there, like, just perfect. Denver is like perfect. eight hours away. Mm-hmm. Perfect excuse to go see your friend. And everybody or, and go see Colorado. Vegas is the same amount amount of time away, but everybody always goes to Vegas. Like Colorado is just right there. Mm-hmm. Just go to Colorado. Mushrooms are legal in Col- in Denver. Do you know that? Yeah. Like, magic mushrooms are le- are legal think, in Denver. I think Colorado. in Oregon too. They dig. Everything is legal in, in fucking Oregon. It's awesome. They, Oregon figured it out. They're like, dude, you know what? Let's oh, I love Oregon let get, so let much. Let them get fucked up and see what happens. No, I love I love going to Oregon. I went there just on a road trip last year to like Eugene and Portland, and it was so Ooh. fun. I got met so many cool people because the people there are so nice, kind of like Pocatello. But just, just such millions of such them. Such genuine nice people, and it was so fun to like. I went like to people's houses even, and I like, got drunk with them, and it was awesome. really. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird how like. They port a lot of a lot of uh, news let out of uh, meeting media outlets have portrayed Oregon as this fucking war zone, and it's like that apparently it's just going out of control. Where it's like it's really not that bad, you know. They're just showing you mm-hmm. these things where they're showing you the worst parts, yeah. of it. But it's not. It's not that. You need to go there the, and experience it. The the good stuff's boring. You know, in the terms of like news. Hmm. Like, that's why they don't show you, like, the cute organ stuff, because who's going to watch that? The voodoo donuts and <laughs> the other stuff that's there. I've actually never been to Oregon, or Portland. I've been to Oregon. I've never been to Portland. You should go. When I went, it was pretty boarded up, because it was right after the protests were getting done. So it was all kind of shut down and boarded up, so I definitely want to make another trip back, because that was the only time I've been there. Mm-hmm. But it was still really cool. Eugene is where I had the most fun, though, and it met the most cool people. I've taken, I took a, uh, I did take an Oregon road trip, but it was small towns of Oregon. Oh, that's so cool. So I went, I went through John Day, Fossil, and there's just, there's, it, it was a bunch of really small towns. It was like, if you were to take, well, the, like through Arco, Mackie, <laughs> all that, like just really small, tiny, nobody there, nobody knows anything there. It was, it was like a full day of just driving. Badass. Love it. Yeah. Have no, so much fun. I, so the whole reason I bought a newer Subaru is so that I can go on road trips and not stress. I love road trips, dude. Road trips are so much fun. Mm-hmm. I, t- I have a Ford Fusion, so I can't really go into, like, gravel <laughs> and stuff, <laughs> you know? It's no Subaru. That's, that's all right. That's all right. I'm going on... 
I'm going to Yosemite soon. That's my next road trip. Really Yosemite? Excited. That's going to be awesome. But um, nice. I just had another question I thought of in the middle of that sentence. Have you ever gone skydiving? I haven't gone skydiving. I just went for my second time. How did it feel? <sighs> so it like? awesome. And the second time was even better because I knew what kind of what to expect. And I just recommend that everybody goes. It feels so cool. And it's not as scary as you'd think. How high did you jump off? Like 14,000 feet. It's so no, high. it's, it's awesome. so high. It's awesome. Um, you just go and you you know you're strapped to someone, and Obviously. you have parachutes. Yeah. Like it feels safe. Like when you're in when you're falling through the air, like you don't feel like you're in danger. You really don't, and that's what's really unique about it. But you do obviously you've given up like all control, and so that's what's kind of unique. But it's really fun. We went. Me and my sister went, f- and a, b- a couple friends went for our birthday last year, and then we went this year, um, for our birthday again, and brought some more people. And so this year we had more people than last year. So they filled up the whole plane. We had seven people with us. And they were like, we usually don't put seven people on a plane, but we'll do it. And so it was seven of us, the seven tandem people and like the photo people. So it was a full plane because they're just like those little planes. Mm-hmm. And so me and my boyfriend actually had to sit on the ground right next to the big garage door that opens that you jump out of. And so it was really scary <laughs> when they opened it and it was just so loud and windy. And I was like, I had to take some breaths. So I was like, holy crap. I don't know if I'm ready for this anymore. Even though I'd already gone once before, I was kind of like... What is that feeling when you first jump out? I feel like you black out for the first second. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you kind of black out, and then you're just falling. I I kind of, like, even when I'm on roller coasters, I kind of, like, have trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I'm doing... Because you free fall for 60 seconds, and you parachute for, like, six minutes. So during the free fall, I'm kind of like, rainy, you're not breathing. You need to try and breathe, Okay. So that's kind of what it's I focus on. It's just pure screams. Because it's just like, like ah! I feel like I can't even scream during the free fall because there's so much air pressure in your face because you're just falling through yeah, the air. Yeah, yeah. But once you start parachuting, first of all, you you do get used to the free fall, and then it's really like just kind of cool. But once you're parachuting, it's literally so peaceful. It's so quiet, and you're just like they let you control the parachute, and you're just like having the time of your life. And they do this one thing where they pull both the parachute straps and you go like up in the air and it feels like you're floating in a way. And it like literally is the most peaceful thing ever. It gets awesome. And everyone that I brought with me, um, I've made a handful of friends go and every single person is scared before and afterwards is immediately ready to go again. So I just tell everyone to do it. Cause if you go on a weekday, it's only like 200 bucks and it's awesome. I think you could parallel that a little bit to life. Not not to get super, you know, make, make everything a metaphor, you know, but, like, you take a big jump, terrifying at first, mm-hmm. but then you get used to it, and then you learn your ropes, and then it feels like you're floating. It yeah. It becomes your normal. Definitely. And it's, it's, it was definitely scary. <laughs> it takes a lot of, like, letting go to do it, and so it's awesome. It takes balls. It That's really what it does. takes. But, I mean, me and my sister, we were just like, well, I don't want to do something lame for our birthday. Like, get drunk at some house. <laughs> so we are like... Shout out to all those people celebrating their birthdays, <laughs> getting drunk at their house. <laughs> it's a great way to celebrate. <laughs> it is a great way to celebrate. But me and my sister, the biggest reason me and my sister actually have different friend groups. And so we can't party together on our birthday because we're partying with different people. Because those people have to meet your people. It's just, at that point, it's just a, then, then, it's too many people at that point. And oh, so, yeah, just yeah. too many people. It's then, so then it kind of just is, becomes not like the casual party vibes that you want. Mm. And so we just we were kind of like, well, we want to do something together. Obviously, we're twins, so let's go skydiving. And we had so much fun last year that we were like, we have to go again. Where is this at? 
We just Where'd went to Salt Lake both years. Salt Lake. Just uh, it's called Skydive Utah is where we went, and there's a we were gonna go to Moab, but it was just way too hot. But it was so fun, and what was I gonna say? I don't remember. Skydiving. <laughs> but it was super fun, and it just country. makes it like cute because we're like just together and we're just vibing, and all of our friends because we do have mutual friends, but um, it's cool to do it's a good excuse to go skydiving in winter birthday it's probably the best excuse yeah other than the actual intent of like i want to go skydive yeah it is definitely intimidating you're like am i gonna die but that's something on everybody's bucket list it's not the one one thing cliche bucket list thing yeah and so it's like yes but i mean it's so cool Mm -hmm. you're jumping out of an airplane no i almost i almost want to get my skydiving license honestly so i can go alone go by yourself Mm -hmm. oh man of the feeling. It would just feel so free, like a bird. You ever done a lot of, like, cliff jumping? Mm-mm. No? Well, like, without a parachute, you just mean, like, jumping into water? Yeah, just jumping into water. I jumped off of, like, a 24-foot cliff into a Sino in Mexico, but I don't think that's very high, like, compared to what but a lot of... But even then, like, when you're up on a 20... Dude, if you're up on a 6-foot ladder and you look yeah, down, you're like, dang. It is. It's <laughs> Look at that. That's no, heavy. It's, it's tall as fuck. I just decided to. Was, me and Clint, like, I was with my boyfriend in Mexico, and I was like, I want to go over there, and I want to jump. So we walked over to the jump, like, all the, our groups, like, across. And so I knew I was going to do it immediately. I was like, I'm not going to give up. And Clint was like, well, if you're doing it, I just have to do it. And I, I think that's why he... Cause Shout out, Clint. <laughs> taking that leap, bro. No, Way to go. He like At first, I was just going to go first and then he'd go after. But he was like, I, I want to go at the same time as you. I think that'll make me do it. Um, and so we went like one, two, three and jumped. And I when I landed, I totally thought he didn't jump. But then like we got up and like you know to the top. And I was like, oh, he totally jumped. It's just so cool. I'm just terrified of making the jump. And then, like, you just keep sinking. <laughs> you know? Yeah, That's what just, I'm scared that about. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, your body's going to naturally go back up. But, like... But, yeah, I mean... You went up, you've been up to Bloomington Lake? Um, not since I was a little kid, but, yeah. But Bloomington's dope. Because they have little mm-hmm. cliffs right there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, dude, let's go jump. Let's go jump on the cliffs. I was like, no. I First of all, I'm an awful swimmer. can barely swim. Yeah, I'm not a good swimmer. <laughs> so, I can get from point A to point B, but, like, I'm not having fun. Like, this is a workout. Yeah. It's hard. But and there's I was no like, point what if I just me. can't get back up? Mm-hmm. That's what scares me. It's like, I can't get back up. No, I, I do appreciate Life Fest sometimes. You know? Yeah, I appreciate it all the time. I When we jumped even off that, just that 24-foot jump, I think we were wearing Life Fest. Just because we were like, you know, might as well make it easy. The Mexican <laughs> Coast Guard's like, we just wear them. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> there's sharks here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was kind of scared. I was like, what's in this water? We actually um, got kicked off the beach like twice when we were in Mexico. Like what? We, we still kept sneaking out of the beach at night. And oh, you're not supposed to? No, like, <laughs> like cops rolled through, but one one of the nights this we were playing music like on a speaker and one of the hotel workers was so cute. He was like, what is this music? And he, he didn't speak very good English, so he kept saying, music is so beautiful. Your music is beautiful. And he kept pointing at the speaker and being like, beautiful music. What were you playing? I think we were listening to like Six Dogs. I don't know if you know Six Dogs. I have no idea. Uh, he's awesome. He actually unfortunately just passed away this last year. <sighs> Um, so that was really sad, but we were listening to, I think Shout that, and so he, we were swimming in the ocean and we thought he was kicking us out, but he was like, no, no, you stay. And he let us swim in the ocean for like another 20 minutes, like totally just letting us do it. Cause Aww. he knew the cops weren't coming back yet. And, but then he came and he got us and he brought us to one of the hotel pools and let us swim in the pool past hours. Like, cause he liked us. What a dude. Nope. And then, and then a little while later he comes over and he's like, 
No tip? <laughs> no tip. <laughs> and we're like, oh my God. You're like, no. I was so scared that Clint didn't have his wallet, but thankfully did. He deserved that tip, honestly. He did. We shout out to that worker, no, man. We, I wish I knew his name. Damn. He gave him a tip. And also, shout out to Clint for having his wallet. Yes. <laughs> for being prepared, you know? Yep. Feel like, damn, I'm going to have to bribe my way out of some shit here. Right. <laughs> no, it was awesome. I love Mexico. Mexico's super fun. Everyone should go. Hit up TJ. You can get... Uh, Who's TJ? Tijuana. Tijuana. TJ. Like Tijuana, the, the city of Tijuana. Oh, Tijuana. Yeah. I haven't been of you. Pretty no. crazy, but apparently you can get surgery for five dollars. I've um, so go go. I have there. some homies that have gone there, and they say it's pretty crazy. I think they're like the world's biggest strip clubs there. And they said it's just like this giant warehouse. Vegas has some dope strip clubs. Uh, go there, you know, great places. Little Darlings. I, I had my very first strip club dance, and I was like, this isn't for me. Like <laughs> this is weird, man. I feel like the strip club culture is like, like Hollywood. Like, it just something you see in movies, and you're like, that's dope. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of gross. But it, then you do it, and you're I like. Went into the, I went into the bathroom, and they had the, they had a little dude there, and he was like, do you want, like, a mint or fucking hair oh gel or whatever? God. I was like, Wait, what? what is this? Where am I right no, now? It's like so I bought a vibes. cigarette off of him, right? I bought a cigarette. No one else is, I don't know one else is smoking a cigarette. And I, I sat down, and there's this stripper right there. She's dancing, and I'm like, I look at the cigarette. I was like, why not? Right? And fucking, I'm in Vegas. Start smoking this cigarette, <laughs> and I look back, and there's like a Chinese family, a family, with like a wife. Her husband, the grandma, and the grandpa, and then the, the exact same pairing on the other table. I was like, what is going on? This is like the freakiest place I've ever been, and no one else is smoking. I'm the only one. I was like, why am I doing this? I put that shit it's out, so and I was like, unique. I need to get out of here. This is like the weirdest place ever. It's so unique. It's, it's such a weird culture. Strip clubs? It's so beautiful strange. women though. Beautiful yeah, women, just drop dead gorgeous women. Yeah, no, and the, the strippers are awesome, and they're they're working. But like the people that go to strip clubs, unironically, I feel like are kind of weirdos. Yeah, <laughs> just like, if your goal at the end of the night is like, dude, I'm gonna go to a strip club. Mm -hmm. like, I have I have to go to the strip. Like some people are like, oh, I have to go to the gym. Tonight. Yeah, it's strange. Like I gotta go but to the strip club. I think like I don't know. I don't think it's really much of a thing here, but like. I in LA, a big thing that um, I saw is most of the strip clubs were just brothels. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure because like the the girls were like, five hundred bucks. Yeah. Go in the back. I'm like, I'm not paying yeah. five hundred dollars to For whatever have you. You're offering yeah, there. listen, <laughs> lady. I'm down. I'm not down that bad. But <laughs> I, I definitely know some people that have partaked, and that's pretty strange to me. I'm like, who are you? Like, <laughs> like damn, dude, you couldn't just like download Tinder, right? Like, because right. like you know, I you know I'm not friends with people that like can't date girls, so I'm like, who are you? Like, what are you doing, you little weirdo? <laughs> you little weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> little weirdo. You little, you little creep. It's pretty strange. Well, Rainy, uh, we just did an hour and a half. Very cool. Look at us. Uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I had a blast talking to you. Thank you for and, having and me. I think we killed it. Uh, at the very end of every single podcast, I give the microphone to my, my guest, and then you can shout out whatever you want to shout out. Any last pieces of advice you would like to give or just... You know, just say something Say something for the fans, you know? I give <laughs> the microphone to you, Randy. All yours. <laughs> How do you pronounce your name? Osney. <laughs> I just need to make sure if I... Osney. Yes. Shout out Osney. 
Hey, your boy. <laughs> That's me. And make sure to check out my art at Art by Rainy. And uh, I, will, I will definitely uh, share your Instagram when I, when cool. I make a post. So we'll And watch that. out for any more murals popping up. Yeah. Go take pictures at the... Go to... Go to Jamba Juice and just take a picture there and then tag her. Yeah, give me a tag or even just send it to me private message. I just like having them in my camera roll, honestly. Yeah, let people know that <laughs> me, me, means your art made somebody's day. It makes me feel good, too. Yeah. All right, Rainy. Give me some skin. Right here. Woo! Thank Love you, you. everybody. <laughs> <laughs>